Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 166, The House by the Cemetery. Can anyone survive the demented, marauding zombies in this podcast? (laughs) No, you can't, because we're demented. That's right, demented. Although you're a demented vampire, not a zombie. Let's get that straight. That's right. And you're a demented serial killer. I mean, you're an average person. Human. (laughs) Demented average person. (laughs) Yes. Hey, Chaos. Hey, Carnage. You ready for today? Are you ready for this movie? I am so ready for this movie. How about you? So ready. I haven't had nightmares about it at all. So it's been perfect. Oh, great. Glad to hear that. <laughs> um, do you want to tell them who we are and what we do before I hop right into it? Yeah, sure. Um, we are They Mostly Podcast at Nights. We are two best friends of 20 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week. And I just realized that I forgot to let you say mostly. It's okay. I'm fine. You're doing great. Damn it. I was on a roll. You were. Keep going. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we take turns picking the flicks and, um, we will pick anything throughout the broad genre of horror, anything spooky or murdery. Isn't that right, Carnage? That is correct. Murder. And we have a very special friendship, which Carnage will also attest, um, it lives in the Marianas Trench of Hatred. Hashtag Marianas Trench of Hate. Where there is an octagon where we go to MMA fight each other <laughs> over movies. And um, we also have cafes and discos and cafe discos and cat cafes and all kinds Lord of things down and- there. Fun. Yarn Barns, um, which I have to play pay double at. But everybody hey, it's else has triple. to pay triple. You keep so. complaining about it, but you get a discount. <laughs> I mean, it's a deep discount, so, yeah. <laughs> and we watch horror movies down there, too, if you guys. You we do. Us. We have our own movie theater down there where we only screen horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It is a lot of fun. Halloween plays way too much. Well, it is your favorite horror movie or one of them. It sure is. Okay, so. Spoilers? You already did the spoilers alert or no? Oh, no. Spoilers ahead, everybody, because um, this movie is from 1981. And... And, and It is currently streaming on Shudder. Yes. And there is also a warning for expletives ahead. Lots of fucking expletives. Fucking lot of fucking expletives. There's a fuck lot. Yeah, as you said, we did the house by the cemetery this week. Was done in 1981 when we were kidlets. 
It was not rated. It was an hour and 26 minutes long, and it got a 6.2 on the IMDb scale. What about the tomato meter? Wow, 6.2, huh? That's kind of generous, I think. Really? But I'm so glad that you asked because I will let you know that on the tomato meter, it is a green splotch at a 45%. Let's see. Any critics consensus? Uh, Doesn't look like it. No critics consensus. And the audience score isn't much better at a 48%. Wow. Okay. Surprising. But that's okay. We'll, We'll just get through it. It's fine. It's fine. We'll figure out why. We'll figure out why. It'll be fine. Okay. I don't know. I'm ready for whenever you are to do the cast. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm ready to do the cast too. I apologize in advance since I'm going to be pronouncing the uh, the actors' real names this time. I am Italian, but I cannot speak Italian, so I apologize. Lucy Boyle. Uh, she's played by Catriona McCall. Dr. Norman Boyle. Played by Paolo Malco. Which reminds me of Marco Polo. I don't know why every time I see that. Marco Polo. And the babysitter was played by. Anna Peroni. Bob Boyle. Bob was played by. Giovanni Fraser. May Freudstein was played by. Sylvia Colatina. Laura Gittelson was played by Dagmar. I love that name, Dagmar. Dagmar Lysander. I do too. <laughs> Dr. Freudstein was played by Giovanni Danava. First female victim was really? played by. Really? We're going this far? Okay, Daniela <laughs> Doria. All right, that's as far as we'll go. Okay. Thank you first female victim i'll give you a first female victim in this podcast yeah (sighs) yeah 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 okay um do you want a little summary i would love one of carnage's famous five second summaries italians go to massachusetts to film an italian movie and things go awry They really did go awry. I don't understand why they went to, and they really did go to Massachusetts too to film this movie. It's like, mm-hmm. but it's an Italian, technically. Well, dubbed, they did but... so. They did so much to try to hide the fact that that they were Italians making this movie because they thought that Americans wouldn't watch it, and it's like Americans were eating it up. They loved it. The, yeah, these movies were in, insanely popular. Yeah, and uh, the only ones that didn't speak. Um, I can't talk. Um, <laughs> um, the kids are the only ones that spoke Italian. Um, so all the adults spoke English in the movie, even though it was all dubbed anyway. And the yeah. kids are the only ones that spoke Italian. So if you were reading lips, you could understand the adults mostly, not the kids. But yeah, they dubbed it again anyway. And you actually had an interesting story about this you were telling me. And I would like you to tell the audience if you could. Oh, yeah. Well, um, so 
I guess the story goes that uh, the reason why the dubbing is off in Italian movies is actually on purpose. Um, So I heard that it had something to do with like Mussolini who didn't want them. He thought that if the dubbing was off, then that way they could be sure not to be saying anything subversive in I don't, like, secretly, I don't know how, what the thinking was there, but, but, uh, and then Italians just got used to it, and so they liked it, they expected it, and so they just kept doing it. Um, that's weird. Do they still do it to this day? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. That's what I heard. Oh, he banned the use of foreign languages in movies. That's why. So that's why they dub them instead of subtitling them. He banned the use of foreign languages so that you couldn't say anything subversive. That's what it was. Yep. Yep. So thank you, Mussolini, you big jackass. Jackass. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um. Wasn't he a fascist dictator? (laughs) Isn't your dad a fascist dictator? I'm just kidding. That was mean. Only in certain states. (laughs) That was mean. I'm sorry. You're mean. I am mean today. I don't know what's wrong. Even my mom said, she's like, you're mean. And I'm like, I don't know why. I just am. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun to be mean. (laughs) He was only 5'7". I was taller than Mussolini. El Duce. Yeah, you are. I was talking to El Duce, so were you. Okay. Anyway, sorry, we should get to this movie and stop talking about Mussolini because I could talk about him a lot. So let's just so (laughs) this movie was considered to be the third movie in Mario uh or no um not Mario. Lucio? Yeah, Lucio Fulci. My man, Lucio. I love so many of these directors. I get them confused sometimes. This is a My giallo, man, Lucio, though, is it? Huh? This Lucio is Fulci. He is a giallo director. This is not a giallo. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, sorry. Continue. My man, Lucio. Um, my man, Lucio Fulci, did this one. This is the third in his trilogy of... Uh, the other two are the Beyond, and I can't remember the name of the other one. Um, it, the City of the Living Dead. Thank you. So the, the Gates Living of Dead. Hell trilogy. The Gates of Hell, Hell trilogy, which we will be doing on this podcast. We're just doing the third one first because why fucking not? Because it was free, guys. Come on. <laughs> they know it's fine well, so so is the beyond at least i don't know oh, okay. the city of the living dead might be too i'm not sure i haven't looked for it well you were giving me a choice and you were kind of telling me what the summary was and i went with this one because there was lots of killings so mm-hmm. what does that say about me i guess but this is what i chose you didn't think there was going to be lots of killings in a woman whose theater was built over the gates of hell eh, it could be dead people i don't i don't know i don't know We'll find out, though, so that'd be good. 
We will find out. Yeah. I love more killings, so. (laughs) Doesn't say anything about me. Shush. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) Anyway. We should start this movie. So. It starts off at this beautiful abandoned house in Massachusetts. Yeah, it looks like the prime spot for a hookup. It's like a prime hookup spot. Yeah, like I mean, everything. It, like it's got it's got like broken glass on the floor. There's dust and cobwebs everywhere. Like what? There's better places. There, there, there's got to be. Like, the backseat of your car would have been a better place. Come on now. Yeah, really? But you get the obligatory boob shot, because, you know, has to be a naked woman in it. Um, gotta see the boobies. <laughs> the, um, I, I believe this one, I believe this woman here was the uh, unnamed first female victim that we talked about. Yes. yes. First female victim. Um, she's looking for her boyfriend and she doesn't find him except for his dead body stand with scissors (laughs) and meanwhile she's staring at horror she gets stabbed through the back of her head yes with the tip of the knife extending out through her mouth that's pretty freaking awesome that was my favorite death right there there's your favorite death? Okay. Yeah. That was a good death. I will say it started off strong. I was excited, but because it started off so strong. Oh. Then we go to New York because why not? That's where our family <laughs> lives. Our little protagonist family. And yes. And uh, there's a young boy named Bob. Bob. <laughs> we love this for some reason. Wait. Not even sure why we love this. <laughs> We love to hate Bob. Bobby. He's not Bobby. He's Bob. Bob. He's like six Uh, years old, and his name is Bob. Um, I love it. Toe-headed little hellion. Um, just does whatever he wants. I think he's evil. Personally, he looks evil to me. You know. (laughs) can't trust those little blonde kids i don't know why maybe i saw the tommy knockers too many times just can't can't trust them but his parents norm and lucy norman uh, norman and lucy (laughs) they're moving to what do they call it in the fucking movie it wasn't boston it was like bostonia or some (laughs) shit (laughs) was it again uh was it bostonia no, it wasn't. I don't think so. I don't remember what in the world it was, though. It was something like that. I'm like, nope, that's not a real place. <laughs> so they moved to Boston, basically. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. They moved to the, the suburbs of Boston. And um, Norman's going to do all this research about, um, the, he's got this old co-worker or colleague or peer or whatever, uh, Dr. Peterson, who um, I believe he committed suicide, didn't he? Yes. And he killed his family first or? Uh, no, his family died first and then he killed himself. Okay. I thought he killed somebody, but perhaps I am wrong. No. Uh, um, 
who who norman no 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 uh dr peterson dr peterson did not kill anyone he killed himself okay i don't know why i he, thought he, he murdered like his wife or his mistress he died or like that. by suicide no his family was murdered and then he murdered. died by suicide okay um So they're going to stay in this house that he was at and do this research, continue this research. So uh, Norman researches old houses, but he also wants to know what Dr. Peterson, Peterson was researching at the same time. It's all very exciting stuff. Let's put it that way. But while they're packing, Bob sees this picture of this house and this little girl is in the window of the house in the picture talking to him. Yeah, she tells him not to come. Not creepy at all already. No. no. So they go to Massachusetts. They leave Bob in the car because he's at least six. He can stay in the car by himself. Um, <laughs> they go in to see the um, real- realtor, Mrs. Gittleson, to pick up the keys for the house that they're staying at. Whether they bought it or rented it, I don't even know what they're doing, but the, it's the um, the Freudenstein keys. It's Oak mm-hmm. Mansion. Oak Mansion. It's called Oak Mansion. It's not the Freudstein house Oak anymore. Oak Mansion, not the Freudstein house. <laughs> um, yeah. But while they're in with the real estate agent, Bob finds his friend May again. She just shows up. It's great. They're BFFs. Yeah. his girlfriend. You know. He's a, yeah, she's his girlfriend now. The fuck? So, so she gives Lucy him gives, a doll to play with. She gives him a doll, yes. I was going to say, Norman Lucy come back. He's gone. He's in the park with her doll. Okay. Okay. Um, and for some reason, they need a babysitter. Th- this whole fucking thing is weird, though. Co- so you you have the babysitter come, and her name's Anne, and the, the relationship between Norman and Anne is very weird. Like, yeah. you think something's going on there. You think they know each other previously. There's these knowing looks. But not, it comes to nothing. Like, it comes out that there's nothing. Yeah, like no. There's, there's all these noises happening in the house. Like, Lucy's getting terrified. And you think that it's Anne and Norman fucking with her. Yeah. But it's not. But no, it's not. And, uh, and it's, there's this weird scene where in the middle of the night, um, he's following this weird noise, like this creaking wood noise. And he follows it all the way down to the kitchen where the cellar door is that that's been had like boards nailed across it. And she's prying them off with a crowbar. And he just looks at her and like is like in a kind of almost like exasperation and then just goes back to bed. He just like, says, and like he's disappointed in her and. Yeah, he's, Anne, what are you doing, Anne? Like, he doesn't even say anything. He doesn't even he's ask Anne. that. He just says, Anne. Yeah. Now you stop being a bad little girl, Anne. That's what it sounds like, Anne. Yes, like, i so weird. It is. She's being so bizarre. And then she just, like, doesn't say anything about it later. And then later, there's another part where she's, like, absolutely bizarre, too, and it doesn't make any sense. Oh, she's bizarre throughout the whole fucking movie. 
Yeah, it doesn't, like, I thought for sure she was in on it. For, for sure, for sure. Yes. I No, I did too. I was like, yeah, they're totally in on it together. Some kind of scheme to kill off the wife and run away together, hopefully kill off the kid too, but, you know, whatever. Right, yeah. Like, well, yeah, we both wanted this Kittner Award to happen. Yeah. Kittner Award um, named after Alex Kittner's death in Jaws. Spoiler, That's it doesn't happen. When a child dies, spoiler, a Kittner Award is given out. Um, and the other weird thing is Norman's kind of like recognized everywhere. Like you used to live here before. You were here before. No. And you were here before I, with I got, your daughter. I have a daughter. I've got a son. And I thought he had a second life. Like we thought, yeah. oh, he had a second family. He killed his other family. You know, we were thinking all these things. And it's kind of like red herrings. Like, the whole time. Like, yeah. I didn't even explain the whole Norman looks like somebody else before. What the fuck uh-huh. was that? They never explain it. Well, poor Mrs. Gillison. Oh, oh, oh. And then Lucy finds, she's cleaning the house, and she finds a tombstone on the ground in just in the fucking, you know, just in the floor of the house, the living room, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she, she shows Norman. He's like, yeah, that's normal in these houses. What the fuck? No, it is not normal. <laughs> I don't know what it's <laughs> yeah. thinking. No. Yeah. He goes, because the, the ground freezes here. No. We live in Ohio. The ground freezes here. That's not a thing. We still don't bury our people in our basements. Well, some of us don't. No, it's not. We have graveyards. And I lived in Massachusetts. They have graveyards too. It's crazy. You know, they've got a lot of them because they don't bury them in the houses with a tombstone in the house. It's just creepy and not happening. (laughs) What gets better though? What gets better though? It gets better though. Because Mrs. Gillistone is supposed to come to the house... No, I'm sorry. That happened later. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm getting things screwed up here. Um, they they want to know what's in the basement, though. Okay? They want to know what's in the cellar. And the cellar door is not only barred shut, it looks like the lock is concrete, has concrete in it. Yeah, like, yeah, like somebody poured concrete into the lock. They have to put the key in and then take a knife because this is totally safe and use it to turn the key, the key. Totally fucking safe, by the way. Let's just point that out. Yeah. Um, and when Norm goes, Norm, good old boy, goes down there, he's attacked by this horrible bat. Um, the fakest this fucking bat I've ever seen. The very fake bat. And then it attacks... Uh, she comes down after him, Lucy, and it attacks her, but it attacks her way more than it attacked him. Like, it really goes after her. So then he, like, grabs it and drags it off of her head, and then it goes off of his hand, and it will not let go. It is like a terrier or something. Like, it will <laughs> not let go. 
of this guy's hand. Like no matter what he does, like he takes this pair of scissors and he's stabbing the shit out of it. I mean, he is really going to town and this bat just screeching and screeching and screeching. And he just keeps biting the shit out of his hand. With with this, the hand underneath, yeah. So he's stabbing this bat. We're like, oh, he's gonna put those scissors right through his fucking hand. Like that bat's gonna. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to see it, but it didn't happen. I did too. Disappointed. I I do know that um he kept that bat. The, the actor, um, their mechanical bats, and he got to keep one of them. Why you want that? I don't know, weirdo. Like, <laughs> no. Like, what are you gonna do? Show it at house parties? No. Yeah, apparently. I would. I'd keep a mechanical bat. <laughs> anyway, um, they need to be, they want to be out. So they tell Gittlestein, like, no, we need a new house. This isn't going to work. So Gittlestein actually comes by one night with new keys and a new property to send them to. And unfortunately, no one's there, though. So she just lets herself in. You know, it's fine. She goes walking around the house. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Ends in front of the tombstone where a hand reaches out and grabs her. Or no, I'm sorry, hand doesn't reach out, but it cracks. The tombstone cracks and uh, pins her into the tombstone, basically. Like, like it cracks under her foot. Yes. And, and traps her ankle inside the crack. And she can't <clears throat> get out. Excuse me. Yes. And uh, so just this shadowy em- figure emerges, which is just kind of funny. <clears throat> the hands that they show, they're actually... Um, jumping to the end a little bit you see a dead woman which is may's mother but you see this the shadowy figure's hands that kills like mrs gilstein and everyone else that kills it's actually that woman's hands she have really big long piano figure hands they're kind of cool i just want to point that out that's her hands oh, neat. So. Uh, but yeah so um gilstein's killed and dragged into the cellar and then ants just cleaning the bloodstain yeah, then Anne is Anne is is found the next morning cleaning up the blood stain, like, and she says nothing about it, and the mom doesn't notice. It's a big blood stain too. Like, yeah, I don't understand it. Do they think it was from the bats, like killing the bat? It's from the blood from the bat because it was a lot of blood, though. I don't know. It's so weird because it was like drag because it was like drag marks. I mean, why would you think that was the bat blood? Like, it was like drag marks. I don't know. One of many problems with this movie. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, problems. So you say problems. I call them uh, uh, irregularities. Irregularities. Okay. Um. So Norm, good old Norm, has done some research on the house and um, the the Freudenstein, the one that used to work there. Freudenstein, hey, Freudenstein, just kind of reminds me of Frankenstein, I guess. And he did. Um, he liked to do illegal experiments on people, and he he's been there. It was his house in the 1900s, and he, he loved to do illegal experiments. Um, <laughs> so he wants to do more research, so he's going to go back to New York and leave Lucy. And Bob. Yeah. Nice, dude. And he comes to find out, he's listening to more of Dr. Peterson's recordings and finds out that Peterson thinks Freudenstein is the one that killed his family. 
You know, it's it's uh, yeah. the ghost of Freud, Freudstein that killed his family. All the more reason to leave his family behind. Just going to say that right now. Yeah. But then Anne's watching Bob again. But Lucy's at the house too. So I guess she needs a babysitter for her son that she doesn't want to take care of. Because I wouldn't want to take care of that soulless little devil either. I want to be as far away from him as possible. Just kidding. <laughs> I thought they said gingers have no souls, but I think toe-headed kids have no souls. Seriously, right? This kid, his stare, it, it really just cuts through you. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's the stare of a shark. And he doesn't smile ever, so it's not like it's a smiling normal child. It's like the ghoulish... No. He's like channeling Damien from The Omen for sure. Yes. So I understand the babysitter wanting to be far away from him for sure. But the poor babysitter, Anne, who we thought was in on this the whole time, goes down to the cellar to look for Bob because, of course, that's where Bob is. He's playing hide and seek in the cellar. Of course he is. Yeah, she's attacked and uh, killed. (laughs) Well, she hears childlike sobbing sounds and they lure her downstairs. Yes, where she is attacked and killed. He slashes her throat several times and ends up decapitating her. Bringing me to my next disappointment that she wasn't in on this whole thing. So why was she just weird for nothing? I know. What was the point of that? Don't get it. All right. Well, Bob finds her head, her uh, decapitated head, which I enjoy that quite a bit, actually, when he found that. And... um, <laughs> well, Lucy it rolls just, down the stairs past his feet. Yeah, that part's pretty great. <laughs> um, Lucy's just not buying it at all. She's like, no, you're lying. Go away. Um, and sh- she even looks downstairs and she- she's not anywhere. You know, Anne's nowhere in the house. She thinks Anne's run off. Well, yeah, she doesn't believe Bob at all. Bob knows what happened. He he saw her decapitated head. So he goes down there. Well, he gets trapped in the cellar and he starts screaming and Lucy gets woken up by it. And she's trying to get in there, but um, she can't get it unlocked. She tries with the knife. The key then snaps. She tries using the the knife to like kind of uh, crowbar it open. Um, Mm -hmm. And that snaps. Breaks the knife. And somehow Norman just arrives out in the middle of nowhere. He just comes back all of a sudden, you know, even though he's supposed to be going to New York and has an ax. So he, yeah, he's able to, to ax open the door. And um, missing his kid's head, luckily, you know, because. Just. <laughs> um, but he manages to chop off um, Dr. Freudstein's hand. Um but unfortunately, he drags um, poor Bob with him when he staggers off. So, uh, yeah. I'll let you tell him about the, the, what's in the basement. Oh, okay. You get the fun part. <laughs> Several mutilated bodies, including Anne, Mrs. Gittleson, and the couple from the beginning of the film. Surgical equipment and a slab. Freudstein is a living corpse with <laughs> rotting flesh. 
Norman tells Lucy um, he uses that that uh, Thornstein is 150 and he lives by using his victim's parts to regenerate blood cells. Um, Norman does stab Freudstein, and that's when we see that he's just got like rotting guts oh, with maggots and everything so inside of him. It's so gross, dude. <laughs> it's good, gross. It's though. very gross. But yes, it is good, gross. This this uh, Freudstein was a really good, gross. He was powerful as fuck too for being a hundred fifty year old zombie. Yeah, like, he was he- really strong. He takes Norman one-handed, I think his non-dominant hand too, by the throat and like rips his throat out. Yeah, it just rips his throat out. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, Lucy and Bob are trying to escape. And Bob makes it up the the um Bob makes it up, but uh Lucy's pulled back down and um killed. Oh, when he slams her head into the floor. Yeah. Well, like, she hits oh. her head like on every stair going down. And then he slams her head into the floor. Yeah. Splits it open. Oh, mm-hmm. gross. Um, Bob is able to escape. Well. Well, he tries to anyway. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> we, do- we don't think Bob really lived. No. Or if he ever existed, really. Oh, I think he existed. I think it was one of those things where, you know, kids can see spirits. Like, there's always the kid who has the... There's always the story of the kid who has the friend that yeah. that um, he plays with all the time. And then the parents, like, catch him playing with the friend and the friend doesn't really there. Like the imaginary friend, but it really was a ghost the whole time type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those type of things. Well, you think he he's he gets caught in the um, he gets caught in like through the ladder and through like the um like a like the part of the floor, and just as uh, Freudstein grabs his ankle, he's helped up out of the floor with May and May's mother. Lord yeah, but May and May's mother are ghosts. <laughs> they're Freudstein's um, long-murdered family. From So, you know. to me, if they're taking Bob to live with them, that says to me that Bob is dead. Yes, they're taking him to the netherworld. Aww. Sad. Although I like it, because that technically is a kid or them, because he did die. Yep. So there you go. Everyone died. Rocks fell, <laughs> everyone died. I love it. I love that everyone died. I love this movie. I like it too. I'm kind of surprised I only got like 40% at Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. I mean, I was um, I was more in line with what IMDb had than Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, why? I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, it ticked all the boxes. It was a foreign film. It had a different story. Um, you know, you don't see many 150-year-old zombies regenerating their their body with hand, you know severed body parts that's new yeah so uh yeah i don't know um any trivia that you have uh yeah so the screenwriter dardano sacchetti 
mm-hmm. was inspired by Henry James's novel, The Turn of the Screw, which uh, is a book that I've read, actually. Um, it's a good ghost story. Hmm. Then why would they use a quote they attributed to Henry James, but was really made up by Lucio Fulci? Why would they even do that? I don't know. Sacchetti also stated that the film was based on his own experiences as a child being born in a large country house with a large dark basement. And that at age nine, he had to cross the cemetery at night. Did he have a a tombstone in his house, though? I don't think so. (laughs) Because it doesn't exist. I'm looking it up right now. Um, The film was shot on location in New York City, Boston, and Concord, Massachusetts, but it was also shot in studios at the Paolis in uh, studios in Rome. Shooting the film took eight weeks between the 16th of March and May of 1981. The film was made on a budget of approximately 500, 600 million Italian lira. Okay, I got it here. This is from the New York Times and I will, um, will source it from 1999. <laughs> there are certain risks inherent in buying a house. Finding a tombstone in the cellar isn't normally one of them. See, it doesn't normally happen. But there was this couple in Waterton that bought a 249-year-old farmhouse with 23 acres of land. They were gonna they were gonna tear the house down, but they found a tombstone dating from 1802 cemented in the floor, and state law blocks them from doing anything to the house as long as the body was underneath. So they actually had to find out if there was a body underneath before they could demolish the house. Wow. And was there body underneath? I'm looking. I'm looking. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the body was sealed in a metal coffin and well-preserved. Oh, sucks for them. Yep. Sucks to suck, bro. I wouldn't mind it in the... uh, the next step was to start digging oh what did they just have to move the body yeah I'm looking I'm still looking oh okay (laughs) yeah they just had to move the body so weird so if you're looking for a house in Waterton make sure that there's no uh, tombstones in the basement oh good to know yeah. Okay. Hmm. Not that we're ever buying houses in, you know, New York. Just FYI to those that might, though. So. Um, should we rate? Hmm. Yes, let's rate it. Your choice. You go first. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think... I will give it a six and a half. 
Um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It had uh, some things that I complained about a little bit, but overall, I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah, and I with- thought. I thought. Uh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I just was going to say, and I thought Dr. Fordstein was like good, gross. He was good, gross. Um, I like the deaths. Yes. I think the fireplace poker death to the uh, real estate agent who couldn't flee. Oh, that was a was good one. Pretty, pretty good. I like that one. My, my favorite. Um, deaths were pretty good. Plot was pretty good. Um, except for the little Bob. The acting was pretty good. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go right with you actually with a six point four three two. So I'm right, right there. Awesome. I have no fan fiction, and I really don't know if any fan fiction can be made because everyone died. So maybe a new family moves into the home. Maybe a family of elves move into the home. Yeah. I don't know. Or troll dolls. You haven't seen anything mixed with troll dolls lately. I like it. Thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Troll dolls. I don't know. They send Ripley in to get rid of Freudstein. Ripley? She blows him out of the atmosphere. Nice. Just to be sure. (laughs) Just to be sure. (laughs) I say we blow it out of the goddamn airlock. Oh, should we pimp and get the fuck out for tonight? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is where I will drop the pimping. And uh, that's it from me. So I will just say goodbye from chaos and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Good night from Carnage. And as always, we're filmed in front of a live studio audience of kitty cats. Meow, 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 me